Toronto proud to announce from Zurich Men's League Switzerland from US program Austin Matthews. Okay, hello, welcome back. I hope everything's going well. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, if that's your thing. But if it's not, no worries, because my bookie's got it all from NBA to the Premier League. Uh, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, all the kinds of stuff you could ever want, and from a great customer service team that helps you 24-7. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. And let's say you got a couple big favorites this week. You could parlay your wagers and let you bet multiple games together. And if they all come through, you win big. And so maybe if you're not into football, because it's all over now, you could still sign up for hockey. And I think baseball's starting up again soon and uh, boxing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, my bookie has more lines and better odds for the other player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. And that means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with sounds pretty sweet to me uh, and all you have to do is use the promo code THPN uh, to activate the offer once again the promo code is THPN uh, to get your extra cash from my bookie uh, bet win get paid have fun be safe live and love life all right now let's do the show all right, here we go for part two of the week. This is probably going to be the Blitzkrieg podcast of uh, my career because, as usual, schoolwork is piling up at this time of year. It's getting crazy, but I can't stop myself from talking about some hockey for a bit. So today I'm going to talk about a bit of the trade deadline stuff, my thoughts on it. Uh, spoiler alert, it's stupid. Um, then just some of the general news and the winners and losers of the week, tying some things into the Leafs uh, as I go. Um, Alright, just talk about the trade deadline. So it's, what, as I'm recording this, it's like five days away or something, six days. And this time of the year we see people just freaking out about, or general managers freaking out, trying to get like that last piece. They're looking at the standings. They go, okay, we're in, anything can happen. The odds could be in our favor. You never, you just never know. Uh, let's just put all our chips in and bet everything we can. Uh, when I look at this, it makes me cringe deep inside um, because the amount of times I've seen trade deadline trades that just suck or are hugely regretted very quickly. Uh, one that pops to mind is the Kevin Shattenkirk trade years ago to Tampa Bay. Uh, he had such a great year in St. Louis. St. Louis was falling out of the playoffs, which is kind of funny now that they had won the Stanley Cup since then. Uh, as they were, seemed like they were going towards a rebuild. Um, but anyway, he gets traded to Tampa Bay. He's supposed to be the, the coveted piece. Everyone's like, there's no way Tampa Bay is going to lose. Uh, they're just going to kill it. And in the end, I think they lost in the second round or something 
think, uh, yeah, it was the second round, wasn't it? Anyway, so they went down, um, and they basically gave away, like, prospects and a first-round pick and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. Uh, one, another one that comes to mind, Kevin Hayes last year, actually the past two years for um, Winnipeg, when the, all the trades they've made, they've given up good prospects, they've given up first-round picks, and now they're kind of in a bind because they've lost their, all these defensemen and they don't have the resources to trade for something uh, significant to change their team around. Uh, and they have no Stanley Cup to show for it, and they might be, they might be, I don't know, they're kind of hard to figure out, it depends what they do in the offseason, but they might be in a position where it's going to take like two more years to be contenders again, and by then they might lose Blake Wheeler, or he'll he'll not be as good. Um, uh, you know, he's getting pretty old, and all that kind of stuff, so it can really put teams in a bind. It really works when teams actually do win the Stanley Cup, although it's not very often. Um, I can't actually think off the top of my head of one team that made a huge deadline trade and it like really just paid off like dividends. They, they got the player they wanted. They went to the finals. They won, um, all that kind of stuff. I actually decided to look this up real quick, uh, because I remember there was a couple that I had forgotten. Okay. So over the past 10 years, this is on NHL.com. You can find this pretty easily. Um, one success that stood out was Martin St. Louis from Tampa Bay to New York. Uh, that was the year that sadly his mother had passed away. Um, and they ended up going to the finals. As it seemed like this really emotional run that brought them there. Uh, and then you go down all the way back to February 2012 when Jeff Carter was dealt from Columbus to L.A. And that was the year uh, they won the Stanley Cup, I believe. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he, he got the Stanley Cup winning goal and then he signed there. Uh, 2009, Bill Guerin to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was, again, the year they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, and so that's three in the past 10 years where it's actually been to a team, two teams that won the Stanley Cup and one team that uh, had a really good one and were really close, like they went to the final. I felt that team was just outmatched that year anyway, honestly. I remember when New York was in the final, I was like, I don't even know how they got here. Like, it was just straight goaltending and... Uh, a bit of luck on the side of some of their forwards getting hot at the right time. Anyway, it doesn't happen very often, and it's not a good idea for something that's only going to help you out for a short period, and then you're just kind of screwed. Uh, what I really liked is how um, Kyle Dubas handed it last year, handled it. Um, he got a player that lasted for two years, so that gives you time to like kind of get them ingrained into your system and really liking the location and everything. He also got a local Toronto boy, or Ontario boy. So obviously he had this, uh, you know, he had like, okay, we have him for two years, two playoff runs. Um, he's from around here. There's a chance we could sign him. Okay, so that's worth a first-round pick and, you know, a prospect. But if you only have a player for like a few months, like someone like Taylor Hall pops into my head is, especially with his history, he has had trouble um, getting to the playoffs and actually seeing long-term success with the team. Is he really going to want to stay somewhere where he's only had a short, you know, sample size to play there and understand like, what's it going to be like being here? And can this team really win? Does he really want to stay there and just basically finish off his career on a place that hasn't been in the playoffs in a long time? And it's not a guarantee that they'll make it this year or 
very likely that they'll continue to consistently make it in the future. If I was him, I would be, I would run after. I would just, if you really want a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to take a little bit of a hit on your salary um, and just find the right team that uh, can, you know, progress in the future. And where he is in Arizona, I just don't see that right now. If they had a real top line center that was young, like Patterson or, you know, something like that, or Matthews, like one of those kind of caliber players, uh, I would give them a bit more of the benefit of the doubt. Um, but as it stands now, I'd be like, no, I just, that would, that would worry the crap out of me. Um, so yeah, so you can have these players that get this short test, uh, but there's all this turmoil in the background of their careers and their future and your team as well. So it doesn't really make your team that appealing to stay to. There's other teams like San Jose a few years ago that looked really good, that whenever they traded for a player, people knew, well, this was a good team. I'll just stay here because I should have a good chance to win anyway. And I like, you know, I like this place and all that. And I think the problem is that people overrate the odds because you're like, oh, we're, we're first in the division. You know, like you never know where we can go. Uh, I'm looking at you, Vancouver. Um, they were first in division, I think they're, or one point behind first now. Um, and they made that trade recently, which I'm going to talk about later. Uh, my feelings about it, you can probably guess what most of them are. So anyway, teams overvalue what their chances are winning the Stanley Cup. And to make my point, uh, if you look in The Athletic, and I highly uh, recommend that you subscribe to The Athletic and pay the fee because it's just totally worth it for the hockey content and all that kind of stuff and all the other sports too. Um, but yeah, they have like the, the weekly odds of like teams, their chance to make the playoffs, progress in each round and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, right now, uh, I'm going to read up a few of them. Right now they have Tampa Bay at 27%, which is too high in my opinion. Uh, I think this is sort of a trade recency bias where they're, they're looking at their team as like, they were a good team before. Now they've just got one player who, you know, whatever, I'm going to talk about him again later, but they've got this one player that's an upgrade. Oh my God, they're going to be great. I, I don't know. And their playoff history haven't really made it. I mean, they've made it for a couple times, um, but they haven't won. So, and, and last year's collapse, like team's not much different from last year. Uh, they're playing different. They're playing just as good as they were last year at this point. Like, I don't, I don't really see why I'd give them that high. So in my opinion, it's probably, I would bring it down a little, but I would trust that the statisticians actually did a good job on it. Um, a more realistic number is they've got Boston next at 14%, which is something pretty typical that you would see in a lot of odds places, which when you think about it, like as good as Boston is, how many people would like really say 14% is their actual odds of winning? Um, they have Pittsburgh lower at 11%, which does seem a bit low because they've been playing so good recently. Um, they didn't even have most of their team most of the year. They're just clicking and they've won the Stanley Cup. Uh, they've won two Stanley Cups in the past four years compared to Tampa Bay and Boston zero. Um, I don't understand how they got there. Um, and they had the caps at 4%. I think St. Louis is around five or six or something. And Toronto's at 3%, by the way. Hopefully that'll go up. Um, so anyway, like, generally the best teams in the league, there's about, like, an 11% chance to win the Stanley Cup. Roughly. It could be 11 to 20, uh, realistically. 
And so you think, okay, you have this team, you've built them over the years, they're playing really good, they're in first, they're top five of the league or whatever. Our odds of get actually winning Stanley Cup are around 11, 20%. How much of a difference do you think one player is going to make to your odds if you get them over the remaining bit of the season and the playoffs? What does it go up to 12, 13? Like, does it go 5%? Like, how much is it? I'd argue it's not that much, especially if you look at your team's makeup. I mean, you'd be like, oh, Tampa Bay, they got another, uh, they got a first line center on their team. It's gonna, they're gonna play in the fourth line, or they're gonna put in the third line, and whoever their third line center is right now bumps down. Um, wow, amazing. Um, is that really gonna make them a number one team? Because how often is that player gonna play? Are they actually gonna click with the people around them? Uh, wouldn't you prefer to have more of a checking line? Don't you need some diversity in how your team plays instead of just like go, go, go scoring, which as you've all heard my opinions on that style of just one focus. So anyway, there's all these things you need to think about, like how much does this one person in the limited amount of minutes they're going to have, if you already have a lot of top players in their role, actually help the team and how much is their role going to be beneficial to your team? Now, some teams I think of think of a player oh jg pajot he's available right now a lot of people are going to pay a lot for him and there's chris Kreider. a lot of people are going to pay a lot for him depending on the makeup of your team pajot he's playing really good right now he has an elevated role which is allowing him to stand out quite a bit but if you bring him back down to a third line role i think he'll still be really good um how much he's going to improve your team depends on the makeup of the team uh, I would actually argue a team like Pittsburgh could really use someone like him. Um, but yeah, like, f for them, how much would it help them? It's hard to say. They've got a good thing going right now. Uh, if you start bumping down um, Bukestag, if you bump him out, I mean, he's injured right now. I can't remember how, when he's coming back, but how much is this really going to make a difference? It's hard to say. Uh I would argue for certain teams uh, that come to mind, Pittsburgh, Washington, St. Louis, you've already won. It doesn't hurt to keep going. Well, I'm oh, sorry. It does hurt to keep going, but you, you've you got a huge foundation there that's going to be good for at least a couple more years. If it were to fall apart and you need to rebuild, that's fine. Um, Tampa Bay, I don't know. My feelings on them are they have a great team. They have like there's a lot going on there but i just feel like the rush to get extra players is too costly even for that team even for those other teams i mentioned like pittsburgh and washington i just it looks really bad when uh, you give up all these good players but you don't win um i highly favor the moves that you don't give up as much but you just kind of increase your depth at certain positions so like if you were to get a third line center for like a second or a third, like somebody who just probably not going to get a lot of points, but they're just like a good veteran that can uh, fill in a position and be defensively sound, all that kind of stuff. Jason Spets actually pops into mind right when I say that. But, you know, someone along those lines that can play that role, um, that's not going to cost a lot, is way more beneficial to me, and it just helps your team better. It's not going to like jump into the top tiers of the lineup. But if somebody gets injured, you know, you've got 
depth in there to like move pieces around to try and you know find something that fits at the time to help you through a tough situation uh some of the best trades i can think of was um who was it uh kempney for washington i think he was yeah he he went there and he wasn't a very good defenseman at the time uh, when they traded for him like he just had a bad year so they figured well we'll just you know he's a veteran at least uh he'll be experienced it won't be his nervousness that will let us down and you know if he has to play in a lower position you know he can just he'll be calm he'll like help everyone there to not freak out so they got him but he ended up turning into like like a star for them which was pretty amazing uh ron hainsey in his playoff runs with the penguins i mean i remember people laughed at that one same thing with the justin schultz trade they laughed at that one when they got in there and those players made a huge difference and to me it's just the difference between players that are you know top tier that expect a lot of minutes that don't get them that get disappointed you know they don't like being moved maybe they're a bit kind of stuck up and they don't want to commit to the team in the same way as opposed to players that you know like Kevin had a bad situation um wasn't doing as well then you had uh, Ron Hainsey, who had, I don't think he ever played in the playoffs, right? Yeah, he never played, you know. And someone like Justin Schultz, who was just treated like crap by Edmonton for a long time. Um, those players actually get hungry, and they want to come in and win. Those are the players you want, because they're going to just come in and be like, I'll do whatever you need, you know, put me in this position. I'm so excited to go to the playoffs. Um, like, I just want to do, I just want to win. And that's the attitude you need on a team. Not somebody who goes like, yeah, you guys really needed me, huh? I make you winners. Um, that, I don't, that's sort of what I get off of all this stuff. Um, so going into the news, uh, Tampa Bay made that Coleman trade. They gave up the first that they traded, that they got from Vancouver, and a really good prospect. I don't, I'm not super into that prospect, but I've heard he was potentially uh, a really good player. Uh, and they get a player in Coleman who's like 20 goals, 40-point guy, signed for a couple years, really cheap, um, and, and he's really good defensively, apparently. Again, I haven't seen him too much. Yeah, but he's 28. Ugh, like, how much better is he really making this team? If he has a dimension that I don't know about, like he's just super physical or something, and Tampa Bay needed that, I would be, I, I'd be a lot more on board with this trade. Um, the one thing that makes me think about it is like this is a deep draft and you had a first round pick that could be in the top 20 uh and you had a good prospect why not just keep them and let them filter up into your team your team's already pretty good like couldn't you just give up like a second round like like i said just second third round pick for someone who's a bit more physical to fill in this role for like a season uh but any, I, again I'm, I'm not gonna like a lot of these trades um, and then the Islanders, they they traded like a second or a third for Andy Green, which I thought was a decent trade. It was something similar to what I want the Leafs to do for a defenseman this year, just try and help out the right side a little bit with some veteran for cheap. Um, meh, I don't know. I don't really see New York Islanders as being true Stanley Cup contenders, and this is sort of just replacing one of their defensemen that's gone right now for injuries, so they're it's sort of like a side grid at best. Um, and then you had Vancouver trading away a good prospect who is supposed to be a possible offensive third line center uh, that they drafted in like the later rounds and 
you know, honestly, I think they did it mainly because Brock Besser and Furland are both injured right now. Furland's probably out for the season uh, with the concussion issues, and Besser's got a fractured rib or something. He's definitely not going to play the season. And I think they're so close that they're like, you know, we just can't keep letting this team lose. Uh, we want We want them to know that we have faith in them, and that's why they did it. Uh, I obviously am a little biased because I'm also a Vancouver fan, as I've said, but I got to say, honestly, I don't really like this trade. Toffoli for a, for a second, uh, a conditional third, and a good prospect for a rental on a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a while. Um, that really, like, they didn't really need the center depth. They have good center depth, but they do need defensive players, and like, especially on the right side. So why would you trade for an, like another winger for something that would have just fixed itself in the next year? And this young player might have been able to find his way onto the wing instead of putting him in the center uh, in the future. Uh, plus the turnover. Like there's going to be some turnover next year too. So I just... And now the team doesn't have a pick in the first two rounds. I don't even... They might not even have their third round pick. Yeah, because it was conditional, right? So anyway, they... Anyway, Pearson's like, what, 40-point guy... He hasn't been playing very good in the past couple of years. LA's obviously gotten slower. Kopitar's gotten slower. That could be why. Uh, maybe he'll pick it up like Miller did when he got there. If he does, and he, they re-sign him for a decent cap hit, this is a good trade. But as it stands right now, it's like, ugh, why did they do this? Ugh, I don't like it. Um, anyway. I think I'm going to skip over the news of the week today. It's actually going quite long. I'm just going to go right to winners and losers. Um, actually, you know what? I'll do the news real quick. Bruce Boudreaux firing. Stupid. The team was not good. Uh, everybody I knew was saying, would look at Minnesota and just go, yeah, they're too slow. They haven't really got a lot of upgrades this year. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're just a team that's falling out. They're, a lot of their older players are getting injured a lot. Like, this isn't worth it. And it wasn't Bruce Boudreaux's fault. He'll get hired quickly. Um, and firing him at this point, like, you're not going to make the playoffs. Why did you do this? Um, so anyway, stupid move. Waste of time. Should have just let him go to the end of the year. Uh, it's And it's kind of weird to send a message to the whole team, like, we're firing some guy who had no responsibility in making this team suck. It was actually us, who the past GM, who just traded away all their good players last year. Or a bunch of significantly good players. And they traded Zucker, too. So, like whatever <laughs> yeah it was Boudreaux's fault um oh Kane but uh Evander Kane's little freak out because of his suspension I don't know he did kind of elbow a guy like I don't see why you don't deserve a suspension you've been suspended before um I I don't agree with him but I do agree that he should be able to voice his opinion publicly because I hate this idea that you can't question the refs in the league like coaches get fined just for being like yeah that refing wasn't very good in that game we can all see it we all know it uh it should be okay to talk about it and the refs could come back and defend themselves and go well this is why we made these calls like maybe you know in hindsight and looking at the video it might not have been right but at the time this is what we saw and then we all move on um but instead they find them to silence them which is kind of stupid when refs make tons of mistakes yeah, I think Kane should have the right to just say, look, this is a stupid call. They let Char go, which was clearly a penalty. And I don't care what anybody says. You can call me biased, but the Bruins get away with a lot of crap. I watched a lot of teams play my favorite teams, and I almost rarely 
notice like, oh, that was a lot of ridiculous calls in this game uh, with the same team over and over again, right? Like sometimes there's bad games where you're like, this is what's going on here. Uh, but then it doesn't, you know, pop up again when I see this team. But with the Bruins, man, would they play anybody? I'm just watching it. Like, how are they getting away with these penalties and these calls and like the suspensions and stuff? And like some of the stuff Brad Marchand's done and like the licking of people. How is he not suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? I, it, it just blows my mind. Um, but anyway, Kane should be able to voice his opinion. I think he's wrong and stop elbowing people, Kane, and he won't get suspended. Um, so winners and losers this week, Tampa Bay, I hate it, they're winners, they're pushing Boston down, uh, it's all chaos now, I really hope something changes for the Leafs and they can just crush everybody in front of them, but it looks like they're gonna have to be going through at least Boston and Tampa Bay to get to the conference final, that would be brutal, whoever they, and then whoever they end up with is gonna be like someone from the metro, which is like Pittsburgh, uh, the Capitals, the Islanders, uh, Carolina, Philly, like there's a lot of good teams in there. There's probably somebody I'm missing that just is gonna blow my mind. Let me, let me just scroll over. Got the standings right here. Uh, oh, Columbus. Like you play any of those teams in the final in the conference finals? Like damn it. Um, St. Louis losers. They've been losing a lot recently. Uh, I don't think it's a huge deal. They'll probably pull it out. They just seem like that kind of team. Um, but it's not great because they're giving up their first place position in the West uh, to Dallas. I can't even look at it right now. I don't understand. <laughs> I hate this team. It's just like, look, they have goals for 161. They are fourth last in the Western Conference. The only teams who have scored less goals than them or fewer goals, excuse me, uh, San Jose, Anaheim, and L.A. Wow. I do not want to watch them play any of my favorite teams. And right now they're pitted against Arizona. That would be the most boring series ever. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so St. Louis has given up some spots. Colorado's caught catching up to them, although they're on a mini losing streak as well. Uh, but they've got a game in hand, so they could pull ahead. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks for St. Louis, but I... It's the funny thing is like the more they lose it just like the team who is probably the most concerned are the ones that they fall to play So instead of them being first and playing like Arizona or Calgary uh, They fall down and now they have to play Colorado and Colorado's like no no keep winning. No, you guys keep winning. It's fine we'll Play in the second round <laughs> um, uh, Another loser. Oh, yeah, Colorado had on the list damn uh, They've just lost a few in a row uh, They just lost Miko Rantanen. That was I think for the rest of the season, that is not good. Um, at least they have some scoring depth. They should be okay, but it just sucks to see. Uh, I don't like any good players going out. I just want all the best players in. And finally, the winners, uh, slightly winners, is the Nashville Predators. They've won three in a row. They've got four games in hand uh, at the Arizona Coyotes uh, to be able to get four points to be a point ahead of them. Uh, they put themselves back in it chance to possibly make the playoffs and make some noise now if it was nashville versus dallas i think that would be more that'd be a little bit more chaotic and it, it just you know i think that would be a cool series sorry arizona um so yeah they're the probably the biggest winners of the week just to me because they're actually in the conversation again instead of falling out it wasn't that long ago where they almost had no hope where it felt like they had no hope um 
Minnesota. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be it for me. I really hope the Leafs pull it out. I watched the Buffalo game the other day, and it was that was a train wreck. Um, I understand they're tired, and it was the second game, and it was a back to back, and no, 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 no excuses. Come out with more energy than that, and don't make all those dumb mistakes. Freddie had an off game, so that was kind of part of the reasoning too. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I will catch you next time. See you.